Welcome to The Blazers, episode 116. I'm your host, Alejandro Oveda. What another full, wonderful week. I got to tell you guys, thank you for pushing play. It really means a lot. Every week, you guys have been showing me so much support. But this week alone, you guys have shown me the most support within the last two months. I got to really tell you, thank you. Uh, this week, you know, has really been a tough, a tough week for me. Um, I ended up cutting my finger, uh, my middle finger on my left hand, sliced it at work. Uh, I'm in a bandage right now. I actually have a doctor's appointment today. I'm going to check on it, see if it's healing up. Um, I sliced it on the actual slicer at uh, in the deli. And this was actually the first time I've ever had this type of accident. Never really had this type of uh, injury before. A slice is not a... a an easy thing to, to really work with, you know? I can barely, like, make a fist. Uh, but like I said, I'll be having the doctor's appointment today, uh, seeing if uh, it's healing the right way. So that's a that's a good thing. Uh, but the bad thing is, is really just I have to try to stay safer. Um, I was just not paying attention, slicing cheese, uh, trying to adjust the cheese, and right when I like lifted off my finger, I just nicked the the blade. And honestly, I didn't it it didn't slice it too bad. It just really gave me a good open wound. Um, I'm really lucky that it wasn't a lot worse. But I, you know, I, I really just pulled my finger right back real fast, and it happened. And it, it didn't bleed right away, but right once I once I uh, got to the bathroom, it started really coming out. So I just applied pressure, just tried to keep it uh, contained. But uh, when I got to the doctors, they were they were really in shock that I wasn't bleeding profusely, uh, because usually they're they're saying that the people that come in with cuts uh, are bloody, you know, like the the towel that is holding the finger uh, is usually way bloodier than I had it. So I had a, a good pressure on it. I just made sure that uh, I didn't let go. <laughs> I was in shock most of the day. And honestly, that that was that was a, a, the worst feeling is knowing that once you come out of this and you're like, oh my God, this, this finger, what am I going to do? But really, it hasn't affected me that much. Uh, luckily at work, you know, the people around that I've been working with, uh, they understood and really taking care of me and hopefully that I could, you know, do the same if it ever happens to them. But, you know, uh, I'm just thankful that I still have my, my finger, you know, and, and, uh, it wasn't really worse than it, than it was. Um, I was pretty down for the whole week. Uh, down and out, really, just trying to focus on some of the good stuff that has been happening. Uh, a lot of good stuff has been happening, you know. Uh, just really positivity. Pos positivity has just been prosperous with me here at the house. Uh, haven't really went fishing the last few days. Uh, we, we plan to hopefully this weekend. I'll be having a, a couple of days off. In, uh, on Friday and Saturday, so we will be able to do uh, a couple things this week, uh, but we haven't been able to really just, you know, get out there on the water, 
night fish or even fish in the morning. Uh, but we're, we're definitely going to be trying to do that this weekend. Uh, it, it, last week it was real hard because I only had one day off in the week. Um, and then this happened this week. So I haven't really been able to get out on the water, but I definitely want to. Uh, and, you know, as the week progresses, who knows exactly what the plans are going to be. I know for a fact that I'm going to, I'm going to go to this doctor's appointment, see uh, how well it's healing up. If it's healing up pretty well, then maybe I might decide to to hit the water this weekend. But if it's not healing up, maybe I just might relax and just, you know, sit on my butt for a couple of days. I think I deserve it after being injured. Uh, but, you know, we also were able to uh, get our gardening going. Uh, our tomatoes are producing tomatoes right now. They're they're still uh, ripening. They're green right now, but we have about 20 on one plant. And I got to tell you, they are so beautiful. If you guys don't grow tomatoes, make sure you guys try. Um, my only my only uh, regret was putting too many uh, plants in one pot. Uh, I have one pot that, that is excelling, and then I have another pot that is really stressed out. Uh, but the stressed out plant is still producing... Um, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna have to weed out the 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 uh, the weaker plant, uh, but the tomato plant I gotta tell you is one of the best plants that I've seen grow. Uh, it's been incredible uh, process trying to really perfect the tomato and knowing that we have a bunch of tomatoes on on this one plant. I I feel like we've been doing the right thing by watering, by taking care of it, uh, by fertilizing it. Um, and we hope after this uh, yield, we're, we're going to be putting them into the ground and hopefully we're going to be getting like five foot tomato tree because right now it's it's really almost going to be four foot. It's like almost to my hip or even above my hip. Uh, but they've already uh, started flowering and, and the, the tomatoes have been coming out. Uh, and the way that it grows is so weird. You know, they got the little vines and then the then the little uh, uh, tomato uh, that was a flower it turned into a tomato. Uh, but it's a, it's a wonderful process. I think anybody that has kids or even if you guys are trying to, you know, strengthen your relationship with one another, uh, take up gardening, you know, that it really, it really fulfills uh, a lot of void in, in a relationship. And I got to say that with me and my wife, you know, it really brought us closer. We have things to talk about. We communicate on a different level when it comes to our plants. Uh, just because we're sharing uh, the, the responsibility of taking care of them. And especially seeing how our tomatoes, uh, seeing how even our, our other, uh, you know, premature plants like our watermelons and our pumpkins, you know, seeing that they have been growing uh, pretty pretty well uh, is is a lot for for the people that have been putting the work in. You know, and that and that's me and my wife really just watering every day, trying to stay on on a good plan. And especially with the heat coming out right now, we definitely had to move uh, some of the plants from out uh, outside to underneath uh, the patio. So the there's not a lot of sun damage to the plants. So there's a lot of things that go into this. Uh, a lot of it is just, you know, trial and error. And that's something that we had to learn uh, as gardeners. 
is knowing that we're going to make mistakes along the way, but trying to correct those mistakes and and try to uh, and try to uh, match what we do uh, after that, you know. So hopefully, with these tomatoes, we're going to get a good yield. Um, I'll definitely be telling you guys exactly when when they'll be ripe. Uh, but like I said, they're still green. They're still a little tiny, tiny little tomatoes. Hopefully, we get some good sized ones. Um, I'm not looking. I'm not looking to 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 have like a like a whole you know lifetime supply of tomatoes. We don't eat tomatoes that often anyway. So hopefully, you know, we could we could chop some up, put them in a salsa. Uh, we got a bunch of peppers that we're growing, so we we got a lot going on here in the garden, but. Seeing that those tomatoes have been been ripening up pretty well, I think I just want to just express to you guys how easy it was to uh, for these tomatoes to grow. All it takes is just a little TLC. So I just want to just give you guys a little uh, heads up on what, what we've been doing this week. But we've also uh, been able to listen to a lot of new music. And this week I want to talk about an album that was dropped by The Alchemist, one of my favorite hip-hop producers of all time uh he's known uh for collaborating with some of your favorite artists freddie gibbs mf doom uh collaborating with so many different artists uh but he's also uh been in the show uh that's delicious with action bronson uh, and the alchemist has been in the game for so long uh since 1991 early 90s uh, in the hip hop duo the hooligans um and his his style of hip hop is something that I gravitate towards um he uses a lot of different uh melodies he uses a lot of different uh samples um but he also uses um a lot of his rhythms to to um to make his sound different than anybody else's he focuses producing on entire albums. Uh, so he he'll do uh, he'll he'll collaborate with uh, an artist, give him all the instrumentals uh, for the project, uh, basically what he has been working on himself, and he uh, actually uh, just pro produces that person's um, album. And I know right now currently he is the DJ for Eminem. Uh, and he has been a part of, uh, you know, Eminem and uh, Dr. Dre's uh, Shady Aftermath for a while. Uh, I'm not too sure if he's signed by them or uh, what the what the uh, you know what what how that works out. But I know definitely he's still uh, you know spinning for Eminem right now. Uh, but a lot of his uh, a lot of his associated acts uh, were currency. Earl Sweatshirt, Fashad, which is a local uh, artist, uh, Freddie Gibbs, like I said, uh, Mob Deep from, you know, the 90s and 2000s, Schoolboy Q from TDE. Um, I mean, his collaboration pro uh, projects are endless, uh, but some of them that I, that I, uh, have been listened to for a long time has been Return of the Mac with Prodigy, uh, The Antidote with Fashan, uh, Covert Coop with uh, Currency. Um, there's just so many 
out that that he's been doing throughout time. Uh, the the and I think honestly that the the list is getting longer and longer. Uh, but this week I wanted to talk about his new uh, album, uh, this thing of ours, and and it has a lot of uh, his usual um, collaborators: uh, Earl Sweatshirt, Boldy James, Pink Sifu, and. Uh, Many more, but I just wanted to talk about uh, this this album because uh, to me, Alchemist has been in the game for a long time. Haven't hasn't really uh, been talked about uh, as being one of those those top producers, especially right now in the two thousands when producers are everything in hip hop. You know, um, they actually make a lot of these artists into who they are and. I, I got to say, Alchemist has put a hand to some of my favorite artists. So I definitely want to give him his recognition. Uh, but this is a easy listen. Only, you know, four or five songs. Uh, but the end of the but the end of the album, you get the instrumentals to those songs too. So it's a double uh, double sword for you. So, uh, but the but the songs that I gravitated towards were Nobles. Uh, which was featuring Earl Sweatshirt. Um, and then I also liked uh, Holy Hell. Uh, but you can catch this album on all your uh, music platforms. I definitely want to tell you, uh, go throughout his catalog with collaborations. Choose your favorite one. Uh, I've named a few for you guys, so if you guys are looking to hear a little bit more from Alchemist, uh, make sure you check out some of those albums. Uh, some of his production is out of this world. And, you know, he's a scientist when it comes to his sound and the way that uh, people interpret it. And I think for me, he's one of those uh, producers that has been uh, doing it for so long that, that he needs that recognition right now. So make sure you check out Alchemist and his new album this thing of ours but while we're listening to some new music we're watching some new uh documentaries this week and this documentary i wanted to talk about is called rotten it's a netflix original and it's really about uh where food comes from and sometimes how uh people don't associate food uh with the finished product um but it takes you throughout the underworld of what is involved in the food production. Um, and this series is just exposes the corruption, uh, the waste, and all the dangers that is really behind eating some of your favorite foods. Um, with the world in, in its way right now, with uh, where global you know supply, cha supply chains are increasingly... Um, wanted you know uh, i i'm gonna say like we don't really understand where our products go you know uh or where they come from um and this ep on these episodes dig deep into <clears throat> some of the largest um fraud investigations that has ever happened looking into scams looking into uh challenges that farmers maybe even chefs uh face uh people that 
are being uh, treated as slaves, uh, using children as slave laborers. Uh, but th this is a great Netflix original. Something that I should have been watching uh, since the first season. Uh, but the second season actually dropped in 2019. So really uh, wanted to check this one out. Uh, but the second season has uh, the the war on avocados, uh, the reign of uh, terror, which which involves uh, wine and grapes in France, uh, troubled water, which is everywhere, uh, and, and these are different things that I I really really express that we need to change. We need to change a lot of our drinking habits. We need to tr change the the way that we uh, get our food and where it's coming from and not knowing is what's hurting uh, the people, the people that are being oppressed, the people that are being used as slaves, cheap labor. Uh, there's a lot of things going on. And, you know, this, this documentary really has shown me some of the problems that I could actually fix with just my dollar that I spend and, and knowing that I, I want to change my spending habits and become less of a, a consumer. You know, I want to be more of a, I want to be a consumer that knows where my food and, and things are go, coming from, especially when it comes to like chocolate. You know, I, I watched the, the, the chocolate episode last night and knowing that, you know, they traffic kids in Africa to, to pick the coke, the cocoa uh, pods uh, really irked me, you know, just, just knowing that, you know, there's kids out there that are without their parents that are without um, supervision, you know, and, and people feeling like they have ownership over a, a, a soul really uh, irked me in the wrong way. And I, I just really wanted to talk about it, uh, give you guys some advice to watch this, uh, documentary maybe it will change some perspectives maybe it will change some moods and really start a conversation about food about where it comes from about some of these different um, deals that go on with political groups and lobbyists and uh, capitalists people that are taking advantage of the market and trying to inflate and control the market and make more money you know, that's what, what this this whole documentary is about is money, how a lot of these companies are not really being responsible for what is happening to the environment, what is happening to uh, the people, you know. And this is the biggest problem that I have with consumerism, you know, is just knowing that we can pay high dollar for some things, but the production uh, of that is cents. It, it, it literally costs cents for them to make that product. And it is something that we really need to uh, pay attention to and really make sure that we uh, dive in, uh, not blindfolded, you know, uh, because a lot of this stuff is a wake-up call. Um, a lot of this stuff people have been talking for years and years and years and a lot of it has just been left alone and forgotten. 
So this is a great way to remember uh, that there's a lot of problems that need to be fixed with our food production, with how uh, p how people are getting away with stealing water, uh, making profits over uh, public water. <laughs> you know, this is something that I think everybody needs to know. Everybody uh, should have a say in if it's good or bad. And if you're if you're for it. It's it's okay, you know. I'm not I'm not saying you have to be against everything that I'm against, but the thing that I want you to do is just at least find find a resource, you know, find something you could do to help with these problems. Um, and I'm not going to say I have the solution, but the solution is with the dollar and how you spend it. That's really how I feel. So knowing that, you know, we have a lot of these problems here uh, in our food production with the way that people are getting uh, their products, you know, uh, we really got to pay more attention to to that industry. So make sure you guys check out Rotten on uh, Netflix today. Now I'd like to talk about how Fresno High School here in Fresno unveiled their new logo for uh, the change of their Indian logo. Um, students and staff uh, at Fresno High and, uh, revealed their new logo, which to me is an image of a building uh, of their historic Royce Hall. Uh, and I think for the sports, they're going to go with the F within uh, the Warrior Shield. Um I think a lot of people thought they were doing a lot of good um, to have uh, the change of uh, the chieftain. And it all started uh, with a, with a, a petition on change.org last June. Um, and it was uh, started by Jamie Nelson, who is a Native American descent, and uh, believed that the former logo was offensive to uh, Indian culture, especially because uh, the prop the the land that Fresno High was on uh, was stolen by um, Indians, or or it was stole by uh, white settlers, um, and you know, not knowing exactly uh, the story behind it, I didn't know, uh, but I can understand how it it, it might hurt and it might. Uh, purposefully be racism in, I guess, racism, I guess racism in schools, or I, I wouldn't know how to, how, how to, they promote racism, I guess. Um, but protesters, you know, are, are, we're, we're trying to fight for change. And a lot of people actually were, uh, counter protesting too, saying that, uh, removing, you know, the logo is offensive to actual Native American heritage because they feel like the the uh, in the chieftain depicts pride and courage and bravery um, and all respectable things. You know, uh, I, I don't think people understand that getting rid of you know an Indian logo is really forgetting who Indians are in a way uh, and knowing that they actually, you know, had that land at one time. So really we're forgetting the history 
but I could understand why people take an offense to to the to the chieftain because of the land that was stolen. Um, but there's a lot of people that share both of those views, you know. Uh, but the but the lawsuit was filed against Fresno Unified School District last week, you know, alleging uh, that the new logo violates the Brown Act. And the Brown Act requires governmental bodies like school districts to provide public notice of their meetings and allow public access. Uh, protesters say because the meetings uh, discussing the logo change were held on Zoom, not everyone was able to access them. Um, so they're trying to reevaluate, probably have another vote, and have see have some transparency at least to to make it fair. Uh, but the school is uh, submitting a budget request to the board next week. They say they don't know, uh, they don't know how much it will be or how much it will cost uh, to change the logos throughout the school and on uniforms. So that might be a factor in changing the changing the logo. But in my opinion, I feel like they shouldn't change the logo. I think it's more offensive to forget uh, that Indian heritage even existed there. Um, just putting a Royce Hall and uh, the F actually, I think, is more racism than taking away the chieftain. Uh, but I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not somebody that is uh, being uh, oppressed. Um, if it was somebody with the sombrero, I would, I would probably be offended, but you know, it, it, it has both, both, uh, both ways. And I, I, I want to see how exactly this is going to go down. Uh, I know they, the school actually, uh, had the students, uh, have a part in the new logo. So that was kind of a good idea, but at the same time, knowing that you're going to get rid of you know, a lot of history, especially when it comes to this being Fresno's uh, oldest school. You know, we, we really have to take care of uh, our history. Uh, and forgetting our history is really easy. And by, you know, taking away these these uh, mascots, even if, even if they are racism, you know, we're going to be forgetting that Indians at one time flourished here in our valley and and really uh forget the history of it at the same time so i i'm not too sure uh i'm i guess i'm on both sides of the field on this but uh would love to hear what you guys have to think so make sure you guys hit us up at uh the blaze podcast 559 at gmail.com let us know exactly what you guys think but now I would like to support a local artist. And this week, I wanted to really try out a new type of, I would say, a new type of genre that I haven't heard very uh, very often. Um, to me, it, was, it, it has to be a mix of psychedelic music with hip-hop, like, like a psych trip hop, in a way. Um, but, uh, I found this group because of, uh, BKR Raps. He's an artist here in Fresno. Uh, he made a song with them. Uh, they're called The Love Seats, and they actually have a new album out right now called Waves. And this album really had a lot to offer. 
to me, when it comes to music, um, if it doesn't make you scratch your head and really try to understand it, you're not listening and not taking chances. Um, this this uh, album to me really had a lot to offer. Um, when it comes to the production, I really felt like this production is done awesomely. Um, I I I was actually able to withstand the whole the whole album. Um, uh, although you know when, when I listen to new things, I kind of take myself out of there. Uh, but I actually found myself gravitating to some of these songs. Um, the first song that I wanted to talk about from the Love Seats was is First Rain. Um, I feel like to me, First Rain had a lot of different um, sounds that I'm not accustomed to. Uh, definitely, when it comes to the lyrics, um, I'm, I'm a I'm a big fan. But my second favorite song off this album is called Glacier. Um, and I got to tell you, when it comes to the production, it really, it really takes you for a spin. Uh, when you when you listen to uh, the Love Seeds, I really feel like that tr the transformation of hip hop and psychedelic has a nice touch, especially when it comes to the song Glacier. Uh, but the the song that I really want to talk about was Mike Tyson, which is featuring BKR. This is the reason why I was able to listen to this uh, this album. Um, or, or even hear about the love seats. Um, I really like this collaboration when it came to the production and also BKR, uh, the way that he uses cadence and also uh, the way that he uses his flow. Um, to me, um, BKR could really do a lot of different avenues of, of music, and I appreciate that more than anything. And he's an artist that really takes chances. And, and also... To me, I guess it's not taking a chance because the way that it sounded, it sounded really, really uh, flush, and it sounded like um, it wasn't forced. So to see how uh, you know hip hop meets psychedelic and psychedelic meets, I mean, BKR is a, a lyricist, a purist in a way, and and. To, to see how this this genre is 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 making it a full spectrum uh, really makes it its own, and I, I definitely suggest you guys checking out the Love Seats on all uh, streaming services. Uh, but this album was dropped April twentieth, twenty twenty one. It's an eight song album. Uh, it's only about thirty minutes long, so make sure you guys check it out. Let me know uh, what you guys are listening to this week. Well, while we're supporting our local music, let's talk about our local sports. And our Fresno State Diamond Dogs have an overall record of 16 and 19 with the conference record of 13 and 12. They've actually been doing not too bad as, as of late. Um, still trying to still trying to get through the season. They're on a, a six-game winning streak right now. And I feel like uh, this is the best time to, to, to catch them playing ball right now. Uh, last week, they took on uh, the New Mexico Lobos. Uh, they had a doubleheader last Saturday. Uh, they won the first game 10-8. to They won the second game 11-9. to And they uh, 
won their third game of the series on Sunday, 12 to 9. This week, they'll be playing Nevada uh, in Fresno, uh, May 15th, and then at 1.35 p.m., and then we'll have a doubleheader the same day, May 15th, at 5.05, and then they will... um, they will um, finish that series on May 16th uh, versus Nevada. And then they'll be playing USC uh, May 18th. And then only a couple uh, more uh, series for the Bulldogs. So make sure you guys are uh, supporting all your uh, Diamond Dogs this season. And our Fresno State softball team has a record of 34-9. and with the conference record of 18 and 3 and they are also on a four game winning streak this week. Um they've been playing some great ball. Uh they actually just played uh Boise State last week uh which they won the series a uh, three game series. They started on May 8th, that's the Saturday. Uh the first game they won 7 to 0. Uh, then they beat Boise State the next game, uh, five to three, and then on Sunday they ended up uh, beating uh, Boise State three to one. Uh, and this week they'll be taking on San Diego State in San Diego, and this is going to be actually their last series of the of the season. Um, so it's sad that we didn't have a, a final home game here in Fresno, uh, but let's root on our uh, Fresno State softball team. Also, I want to talk about how Tulare boxer Richard Torres is officially an Olympian. And this is going to be uh, in Tokyo this year. Uh, Boxer Richard Torres will be competing in his first Olympics. Uh, And he's a Tulare native and was officially named to Team USA. Uh, Torres is a graduate of Mission Oak High School. Uh, Was one of six boxers to receive the good news on Wednesday. Um... This is a great, great thing for the Valley, knowing that we've had, you know, some of the highest ranked super heavyweight boxers uh, uh, in the United States uh, in Richard Torres, uh, and he will be the first American to compete in the weight class at the Olympics since 2012. Um, So the boxing competition at this summer's Olympics will begin on uh, Saturday, July 24th this uh summer and i gotta tell you boxing is one of those uh sports that i watch so i'll be definitely uh rooting on richard torres as he takes on the olympics this uh summer but i want to thank you for pushing play and as always make sure you guys are supporting all your local businesses all your local artists and all your local podcasts i'm alejandro veda signing off episode 116